Make this go away. Oh, well said. Thank you, Saliva, you mediocre band most prominently featured on the Fast and the Furious soundtrack. The day you is know exactly what to say. November 28th, 2017. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, played on Thanksgiving, um, but we wish they hadn't at this point. Um, if you were with your families, I hope uh, I hope everyone was napping by this point. I hope they had, had a nice full lunch. I hope it didn't quite ruin your Thanksgiving. Uh, Goat, how about uh, how about yours? Did it ruin yours? Were you okay? Uh, you know, I was pretty I was pretty prepared for it. Um, you did predict it. I did predict it almost down to the score. We we did score a touchdown, uh, which was different than my prediction. I was I was looking at specifically two field goals, but uh, the Cowboys did manage another just atrocious offensive performance. I was at my grandparents' house. Um, I had gotten engaged the night before. Woo! Uh, thank, you, thank you. Thank you. We got uh, there. So I was, I was doing my very best to not uh, become unengaged via having a shit fit and throwing some heavy object at the screen. And so I was very mentally prepared for this. Um, you know, I think that what we've what we've seen Ben over the last couple of weeks is is it is it just the the perfect microcosmic view of the five stages of grief. Um, so just you know denial, of course. No, you know, we're not going to lose. You know, uh, it's an aberration. No, we're not that. Anger, you're just pissed. The refs, the, the adjustments, blah, blah blah. Bargaining. Okay, once Zeke gets back. Okay, once we have uh, oh, Lee's coming back. Tyrone's in the game. Once Tyrone's back. And then last week was really like stage four, the depression, you know, where you're just like, I just don't, I don't know. And, and now I've arrived, I've arrived at stage five. I've arrived at acceptance. Um, <sighs> this is not a good football team. This uh, in its current form, in its current mental state, this is not a good football team. No, and it doesn't look like it'll get there, but we will cover everything. This is boys will be boys your weekly Dallas Cowboy podcast struggling through the season here to hold your hand through what may be a real dark period in Dallas Cowboy football. I am Benjamin T. Walker over there and the newly engaged Andy Gutelli. Thank the you. Goat. What it do? What it do? Oh, and, all right, uh, I don't even know where we want to start, man. So I'll, I'll kick it to you, man. We're, we're going to painfully go through this game, but I'll I'll let you. Yeah, and let's, let's just try to just fucking go through this as quickly as possible. I mean, this is a formula you're going to recognize, folks. Um, this is a game where the Cowboys were up. They were down three to zero at halftime and then got blown to pieces in the second half. Um, it started out with, uh, again, you know, I know this is crazy, but the Dallas Cowboys got the ball to start the game. Why are we doing that now? Are we doing this by choice? I mean, I gotta point? think that, that Garrett just thinks at some point they gotta break it, but that has not been the case. I would almost rather start down seven to zero because our defense will give up a score to begin the game, then watch our offense go. Three and out for the third, or is this the fourth straight week? Fourth straight week. Um, so, yeah, Alfred Morris goes for five yards on the first carry. 
Um, and then old Scotty Linehan, man, he's a gambler, dude. <laughs> he's going to get real cute right off the bat. Goes, goes with a, a reverse, a, the famous Lucky Whitehead jet sweep, but oh, baby, it ain't Lucky Whitehead no more. It's my boy, future Cowboys legend and just off-season darling, Ryan Switzer. Four-yard loss. It's so gotten tight. to the point where when we lose yardage on a drive, I just kind of know it's over. Like I think every Cowboy fan, when you watch that play, not only do you scratch your head, go, what the fuck, Linehan? You also probably went, well, third and nine. No way we get this. Uh, too true. Too true. And so that puts us at a third and nine. Um, and Dak completes a pass to Witten for eight yards, and so we're fourth and one. Um, and despite the fact that Jason apparently like needs the offense to get going and we've averaged five yards a carry to this point when we use an actual running back, we go ahead and punt that bitch. Um, yeah, well, we're on our own 30 go. I mean, but dude, yeah, at this I, point, dude, at this point, I'm like, bro, let's run every fake punt. Let's onside kick it every time. Like, yeah, we're not playing for anything here. I'm, I have half a mind to put in Cooper Rush and see what the kid can do. Um, San Diego, of course, marches all the way down the field um, and eventually uh, gets down to our 17-yard line where Nick Novak manages to miss a 35-yard field goal. So despite an eight-play, 70-yard, four-minute drive, uh, it is still 0-0. Cowboys get the ball back. And, uh, you know, familiar, familiar stuff here. Um, get a couple first downs. Um, we actually get the running backs on the four yeah, straight running carries. Running backs are doing their thing. We do the, the jet sweep again with Terrence Williams uh, on third and one. It gets six yards this time, so I guess it isn't that bad, but just, just weird play calling. Um, on first and ten, uh, Dak tries to go to Dez. It doesn't work out. Um, we run Morris on second and 10 for one yard. Uh, and then uh, Prescott holds onto the ball, gets sacked by no one good. Lugit. This is not Joey Bosa. This is not Elvin So four-yard loss for 14. Jones punts it. Off we go to the races. Um, this was a frustrating first half for, obviously for the Cowboys, but for the Chargers as well. Um, they had several really good drives, and they just could not get points. Um, yeah, we weren't really stopping them at any point in this game, I just want to point out. They just kind of shot themselves in the foot, which is the most, as we say, the Cowboys do a lot. It's the most chargery thing ever. Yeah, this they, was truly the battle of the two Cowboys, like the Cowboys of <laughs> West versus the, the Cowboys of, of Texas. Um <laughs> So these guys, they drive all the way down the field. They're on the Dallas – they have a first and 10 at the Dallas 13. They have a one-yard run. Um, on second and nine, um, they just have a terrible snap that Phillip Rivers recovers. Um, and so now they've got third and 20 on the Dallas 23. Uh, Rivers gets a seven-yard pass out to Keenan Allen. Um, so they're facing a fourth and 13 on the 16-yard line. They've already missed a field goal, so they say, fuck it, let's go for it. This is the most baffling call I had yeah. seen all day. But and I complain about us not having enough balls, too much balls on this one. I have fourth <laughs> and thirteen, dude, in the first quarter. 
Um, I guess it was right into the second quarter, but so they they and you have to get a touchdown basically to yeah get exactly that. yeah you're you're you have to get to the three yard line which there, if you get to the no line, one would do that if we were moving the ball like we used to no if There's anyone zero, feared our offense anymore people would not do that to us There's zero respect for Dallas at this point so they get a twelve yard pass off uh, Jordan Lewis makes a nice tackle um, guy comes up a yard short um, they turn it over on downs. Uh, luckily for them, dude, uh, they're playing the Dallas Cowboys. So um, we go out, we putter around a little bit. Dak takes a seven-yard sack on second and four. Um, that really just puts us behind the chains. Um, it's third and 11. Dak gets a five-yard pass off, and uh, fourth and six, we punt. Um, the next drive would actually prove to be the only scoring drive of the first half. Uh, the Chargers, again, march all the way down the field. Um, they take a couple timeouts inside the 10 yard line. Um, and we actually stopped them on third and goal at the nine. Uh, and they end up having to kick a 22 yard field goal, which they do, uh, make this time, uh, that makes it three zero. Um, so the Cowboys get the ball back with about two minutes to go. And, uh, we use almost all two minutes to go 18 yards. Um, which is pretty incredible given that on the first two plays, Dallas gets 13 yards. Um, Dak goes out there, hits Witten, then hits Williams, um, then hits Williams again, but Williams got an OPI call. So it's first and 20. Um, then we run the ball with a minute to go for three yards. Um, then we somehow switch back to the two-minute offense. I guess we decide after that three-yard run by Rod Smith that the offense is moving now. Um, <laughs> So we throw an eight-yard pass to Witten and a four-yard pass to Witten. Uh, and on that second four-yard pass, uh, Zach Martin gets a concussion. So he's out for the game. Um, he has cleared concussion protocol. He will play this week. Not that it really matters. Maybe you should have stayed out, Zach. Save yourself uh, the humiliation, but it is what it is. Um, long story short, we get to fourth and five on the, the Chargers' 49-yard line. Um, we punt, uh, and they kneel it down for the end of the half. So – uh, for a team that had been an offensive juggernaut last year, um, zero points in the half, three zero going into the to halftime. Um, there's not much to say, man. It, you know, there wasn't a, you know, obviously Zeke's not in the game, um, but the, they just looked terrible. Dak looked. Yeah, totally Dak at that point, if you couldn't tell, I don't remember what it was. I remember looking. I think he was like. Four of five or five of six for all of 20 yards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it was – I don't even know how we go that that low. Um, now, they had the ball pretty much the whole first half because, like we said, they moved at will. They just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Uh, but still, I mean, that was – there was no guts. We weren't taking any shots. Um, the run game looked okay but not explosive. Basically, that's just a word that's been taken out of the Dallas Cowboy – Offense at this point is explosiveness. Um, we don't have any big plays. No. They, I believe, and we'll get to it, end with like five plays over 20 yards. Um, yeah, Keenan Allen has a huge day on us. Yeah, mainly in the second half. So, we'll, it's 3-0, all things considered. Um, we look like shit, but, hey, we're at least competitive in the game. You never know. But, this but is a, that's a story we've heard for a month now. Um Cowboys play like shit, but somehow through luck or through defense or through lucky breaks, 
Uh, they're in the game at halftime. Um, time to make some most dreaded word in the Cowboy Coach lexicon, adjustments. Um, so because we took the ball first, they come out of the second half, and what do you know, they're able to march right down the field and score a touchdown. Uh, it took all of six minutes. Um, Melvin Gordon was just absolutely punishing us on this drive. 11-yard runs, 7-yard runs. Um, they pretty much just ran it up the gut on us over and over again. Um, Hit a little running back, which if you saw us play, third and two from their 42, they run out Austin Eckler, who's their like little scat back, receiving back. And just the Dallas Cowboy play call, just so everyone's aware on that, was to have Justin Durant, who's at this stage in his career nothing but a run stopper, guard this guy who's basically their poor man's Darren Sproles in coverage. And what do you know? Who who do you think recognized that? Old uh, 15-year veteran or however long it is, Philip Rivers, and you know, threw it right over his head, 38 yards. This guy's and, got more years and kids than Durant has God. plays in his career. So There's no doubt about that. So they score. It's now 9-0. to zero. Um, You know, time for the Cowboys to come out and answer. Um, sure. We've done that a few times, a, right? We got a 32-yard return from Switzer. Um, He's been up not, nice in the kick return game lately. I, I will say that. All I will he, say. He has looked much better. Um, if he needs to go back to sucking for us to be able to do anything else, please do. But it's been nice to give us some degree of field position. Um so Dak goes out there, hits De- Dak or hits Des Bryant for a ten yard pass. That was the first target Des got in the whole game. Um, so that puts us on our own forty four. See, uh, I was, I was looking at Twitter and Ocho Cinco tweeted something. He was like, "There's no way you can ever tell me Des Bryant should go a full half without a target." I agree with that. Um, so we kind of dink and dunk our way down the field. Uh, Dak finds Beasley for twelve yards. Uh, Alf has some, you know, he's, he's moving the chains, right? So he's, he's getting five yards here, three yards there. Um, on third and three from the Chargers 34, uh, Dak runs a, what I have to say is a flawless read option. Um, on One his thing part, still good at. Um, takes it 34 yards to the house. Beautiful play. Uh, nullified immediately by one of the worst holding calls, not the call, but just like one of the worst incidents of holding I've ever seen from Tyron Smith. Um, and I'll say this. I saw some other footage when I was breaking down film this week, and Tyron Smith looked like he didn't belong out there. Joey Bosa literally blew him off his feet several times. And I know he's playing hobbles. Yeah, I mean, I, we've been saying this for how many weeks, ago? You know, before we took him out, yeah, he's a big guy with back problems and a groin issue who felt, hey, the, our back's against the wall. I'm sure as hell going to play. And I love that he tried to gut it out, but he's going against one of the premier up-and-coming pass rushers in the NFL. And, uh, I mean, Dag didn't get sacked a whole lot, but Bosa was certainly disruptive, which is a word, you know, D coordinators like to use. How much, how much can you disrupt the play, even if you can't? finish him off um and yeah i, I saw your a, a few plays where tyrone just got manhandled this one was a really unnecessary hold i mean if he doesn't hold dak's gonna score so yeah that and one hurt and it's the second long touchdown that dak has had nullified this year by a tyron smith hold um 
The first one was 25 yards. This one was 34. And, and for a team that is just killing itself, trying to find any semblance of momentum, that just really broke their back. Yeah, that was the backbreaker I was going to say as well. I mean, it's only 9-0 at this point, midway through the third. You score here, and it's anyone's game, one possession game. Well, especially given that what we're going to see here shortly, I mean, the Cowboys go back and they score again on the next drive. Yeah, so Um, instead, third and 13, right? And at this point, you just need maybe 10 yards to give Dan Bailey a shot. Uh, I don't even know if Nat, maybe eight yards, you know? Uh, instead, incomplete, Bosa blows up the play again, and so we have to punt from there, 44. So that and, gives the Chargers the ball back. Um, yeah. They go right back to work. They were clicking in the second half, as most opponents of the Cowboys do. <laughs> um, Phillip Rivers does another you know, outside screen pass to Tyrell Williams, who just absolutely burns everyone within 10 yards of him, um, gets big 31-yard uh, reception. Um, and then Rivers hits Keenan Allen um, for a 13-yard uh, reception that's also uh, c- accompanied by a uh, defensive offsides by Malik Collins, which is declined. Um, and then on uh, first and 10 from our 27, Tyrell Williams, um, who I, I don't know about you, maybe I'm just out of it. Is this guy anything? Is this guy – is this the Bryce Brown of the Chargers effectively? I want to say he's better than that. He had a fairly good year last year when every pass catcher that wore a Chargers uniform was hurt. And I yeah. will say either he stepped up or Phillip Rivers just – Phillip Rivers is always going to throw for 4,000 yards, so somebody has to catch the ball. True. Um, he's a speedster. That's really it. I, I don't know if he's any better than, you know, they like Travis Binge. They just have a lot of, like, okay guys, you know. and Yeah. But we made him look. I mean, that's his. He, he's had one game this year where he had over 100 yards. Um, other than that, he's basically been under 50 in every game, and he torched us. So, so he catches a 27-yard touchdown. Um, that makes the score 16 to zero. Um, Cowboys get the ball back, um, and to our credit, we we put together an okay drive, um, despite a holding call on second and five on our own 24. Um, you know. Uh, Morris puts together some nice runs, 13-yard run here and there. Um, Dak tries to throw deep to uh, Terrence Williams, and there is a DPI call, um, which, you know, you'll take whatever you can get. Um, they were also offsides on that play. Uh, also our biggest play of the day. Absolutely. Huge play for us. Um, so we're now working at the uh, Chargers 30-yard line. Uh, Rod Smith gets four yards. Um, Dak tries to throw to Williams, um, just throws out of the end, out of the back of the end zone. Um, then he finally completes a, a nice, nice distance pass to, to Des Bryant for 18 yards. That puts us on the eight yard line. Um, Rod Smith runs up the middle for six and then we give it to Rod again, uh, for a two yard run. So that makes it 16 to six. Uh, we run the two point unit out there. Obviously Jason's head was I think where he was at was he said, hey, if we do this twice, it's a tie game. Um, The two-point conversion, man, was really depressing. Um, Dak scrambles right. Terrence Williams is standing with about as – that's about as open as you get in the league, man. Like, it ain't college. There isn't going to be guys on the backside that have no one on them. Terrence is standing with probably three yards between him and anyone else. Dak sees him and just throws it 
I don't want to exaggerate a good, what, four feet, three feet over his head. I mean, yeah, that was, you know, for everyone keeps loving to use this word. Cowboys receivers don't get much separation. They don't get much separation. Oh, you know, Dak, of course you can't hit. I mean, nobody's open. I don't want to say there's not some truth to that. Um, I don't think Terrence Williams and Des Bryant's are real great route runners. So they're not the type of people who are going to really get two to three steps on anybody goat. They make, you know, you make timing routes with T-Dub and let them run after and you make Des makes, you know, contested catches and is a deep ball guy. And we don't throw a deep ball very well anymore without Tony. Um, but this one, yeah, was wide open. You can't miss that. He sails it a good, like you said, five feet over T-Dub's head. So that's, that's distressing. It's 16 to six. Um, chargers go right back to work. Um, you know, rivers, uh, 42 yard line, third and six, um, rivers just finds Keenan Allen. Um, it's just honestly a really good throw, um, and a really good catch there. You know, this is probably one they would have got even if we're playing our best. Um, but we were, this was the play where he, this is the play I honestly blame the D for giving up. We yeah. missed like six tackles on this. And I'm not saying Keenan Allen's not shifty. But, dude, that effort was so piss poor on this play. I mean, it should have been a 15-yard gain. And then uh, I, I count the amount of Cowboys that missed a tackle on that. I think it was four, um, including Brown, Byron Jones, who had a terrible day, Woods, and Scandrick at the very end. I mean, it was just awful. Someone should have gotten to the ground. And uh, anyway, we couldn't. So another touchdown. So it's now uh, 22 to 6. Not looking great. We're in the game. now, you know, we're getting into the fourth quarter, about 10 minutes left in the game. Dak takes back over, and um, we're running a full two minute offense now. Um, we complete some good passes. Dak hits. Uh, Williams for a 38-yard gain from the 32. So we're now on the uh, Chargers 30. Um, tries to throw Dez, bad pass. Uh, Travis Frederick then fumbles the next snap. It's recovered by Prescott, um, and he's able to pick it up off the ground and throw it nine yards to Dez. Um, so that was you know a good heads-up play It was play a by nice Dak. play by Dak, yeah. Um, so on third and one, Dak hits Witten for eight yards. Um, so that puts us at the 13, first and 10. You know, we're we're probably not going to win this game, but at this point we're just looking for anything positive. If you score, you you have a chance. You never know. It's yeah. 28-14, you know, 22-14 or 22-15 if you score. Um, you have, you know, a shooter's chance. So uh, on the next play, Dak does uh, kind of a play that's become like a, a pretty big staple of the Cowboys passing game, which is that quick out to uh, Cole Beasley. Um, and obviously these guys have watched film. Um, Dak just doesn't put it out there far enough towards the sideline. Uh, Desmond King jumps the route and, uh, 90 yards later, he's walking into the end zone for a pick six. Um, Goat, this is just not a throw he makes a year ago. It's just not, uh, or when we have the lead, I don't know if it's him trying to do too much or a little bit of this is in his head or he's pressing or all the above. Uh, but it's a really bad throw. And, yep, Desmond King runs it back, essentially the nail in the coffin. 
Um, we decide to add one more, trot the offense out there, and add one more pick for good measure. That was never even close down the field to Bryce Butler. Yeah, Dexter's in a double coverage. Uh, it's one of those jump balls. The DB is effectively the receiver. It's it's rough. So and in the game, the clock. 28 to 6. I'd have to go back and listen to the recording from last week. I think I said it was going to be like 20. Maybe 28 to 6. I was close. I was definitely with 6 on Dallas. I think you like said 17, 22 6. So you were real close. We'll have to we'll check the tape. <laughs> yeah, we'll go we'll check the tapes. Um but yeah, it's it's not great. Box score Dak was 20 of 27. Um, but for 179 and two picks, no touchdowns, QBR of 14, pass rating of 60. Um, running backs, no one got more than nine carries. They both averaged above four yards a carry. Uh, Rod Smith scored a touchdown. Best receiver all day was uh, by by yardage was Terrence Williams, who got 54 yards, uh, 38 of that in one play. By receptions, it was Jason Witten. Um, he had seven for 44. Um, Bryant, you know, Des got five five targets, caught three of them, thirty seven yards. I saw. I think the other two were absolutely uncatchable. Well, um, one was certainly one was the one that he hit could have made a play in the end zone. I saw some people bitch about it, but I think we're just so desperate to see a fucking big play. Um, and once again, as we were saying, that he had a, a real nice catch on the sideline. Goat. Yeah. I mean, kind of looking at these. Dak puts these passes just too inside, man. And I hate to be one of these people over here that's just like, well, Romo would have thrown him open. But Tony was doing this game again, by the way. And there's one play on a fade where Tony even talks about it. He's like, man, you just – you can tell he's pressing, you know, thinking about the Cowboys. And yeah. he's like, you just – you got to throw that inside. So you got to throw that back shoulder. Like, that's that's where that ball has to be, you know. And you can tell he's, he's frustrated by it. I They haven't clicked. I mean, you can blame both parties. I'll, I'll read off some stats here in a little bit. Uh, yeah, the only other one I wanted to highlight was, um, you know, sure. obviously we, we really want Sean Lee back. And the defense yeah. has not looked good. Um, another game with no sacks. Um, I will say, however, that I have, I have, I have been watching very closely Jalen Smith, and he is improving every game. He, he is good getting – he is becoming a better football player every game. Um, he led the team in tackles. He had a tackle for loss. He had a, a pass breakup. Um, he has the instincts of a very good football player, and I think he's, his body is catching up to what his mind tells him he needs to be doing. Um, so I have some hope that next year, if Sean can stay healthy, um, Jalen will make a very good compliment to Sean, and we could have the makings of a very special linebacker core. Um, it also came out this week that, uh, you know, Anthony Brown, who he did have a pass breakup, but man, Anthony looked, looked rough this week, uh, and has for a couple weeks. Um, Anthony Brown has been benched. Um, so we will see either, uh, Chidobe Awuzie or Jordan Lewis, um, out on the outside. I, I can't tell you how I feel about that. You, I mean, you know, I got love for the rookies. I want them to do well. I can't say I think either one of them is totally ready for prime time. Um, but I guess we're going to fucking find out. Yeah, Anthony Brown's had a real rough go of it. 
Um, you took Chidobe in the second round. He's largely been scratched this year due to hamstring. He's played in a few packages. I guess they want to give him snaps. I still think you'll see Anthony Brown a good amount. He's just not going to start. Um, Jordan Lewis played fine. He's going to be on the outside, but he's young. He's going to make young mistakes. That's what they do. Uh, yeah, and he's aggressive, so he's going to jump some routes that that'll burn him with an experienced QB throwing. I mean, there will be mistakes made. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm excited to see Chidobe. I, you remember, I really liked that pick in the draft. Um, I think he's a hybrid guy that may even play some safety, but uh, we will see. Can't Absolutely. Get, can't get worse there. Yeah, so, um, you know, the standings remain the same. Philadelphia continues to roll. They're 10-1. and one. Um Small glimmer of hope. This is the fourth time in franchise history that the Philadelphia Eagles have been 10 and 1. They have never won a Super Bowl. Um, the Cowboys remain uh, in second place. That could change on Thursday night as they are playing the third place uh, Washington R words. Uh, we do not say racial slurs in this show. So we will see kind of how that turns out. Obviously, we were able to beat Washington the first time, but that was with a very different looking and different staffed Dallas Cowboys team. Um, man, the chatter, the chatter this week has been, um, you know, very polarizing. Um, there, there are definitely people out there that want major changes made to this team. There are people that have, like you said last week, when I said, when I, when I predicted, I think the Cowboys will lose 20 something to six, you said, and you, you know, not walk Stradamus as usual. Um, Mm. people will call for Dak, you know, to us to take a hard look at Dak. People will really line up to take shots at Jason. Um, well, happened with Tony, and Tony didn't have a stretch this bad, and people wanted him out the door. Yeah, and, so, and I think that's an important point. This is a historically bad stretch for the offense. Um, this three-game stretch is – and, Ben, I'm, I'm sure you have some stats that really can highlight the nature of this. The, the only thing I'll say is, you know, you, we, we, we talked on the phone Thanksgiving night, and I'm glad that we do the podcast on Tuesday because we were in – very dire straits Thursday night after this game. Right. Um, but one, obviously we never saw Tony Romo have a three-game stretch like this. Um, this is actually the worst offensive stretch for any football team in the NFL since the 2009 Browns. Um, yeah, I'm glad you went to that. Um, so this offense is worse than the – 2015 um, quarterback play of Brandon Whedon, Kellen Moore, and Matt Castle trio, which was awful. This is a worse football team offensively than the Chad Hutchinson, Quincy Carter era teams. This team is a worse offensive team than the 1-15 first-year Jimmy Johnson Dallas Cowboys. This is a worse offensive team right now than the 3-13 – or three and eleven, I can't remember the Landry expansion league team and the three and thirteen Landry team that got him fired before Jimmy came. So they're really bad. Some some numbers just for just for fun. Um, the typical NFL offense averages like three hundred forty yards. Going back to the start of last year, the worst offensive team in that stretch last year was the Rams. Um, who were just 
I think, a little at like 300. The Dallas Cowboys, these last few games, are 280. The Dallas Cowboys are worse than that right now. Worse than the Goff and Keenum-led Rams that were maybe the most horrific offense to ever lay eyes on. So there's there's really not a lot good to be said about how this team's playing, but we're not even competitive right now. I mean, Cleveland Browns I've seen are at least competitive. They're 0-9, but they're playing people tough. The I just watched the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers take the Pittsburgh Steelers within a field goal on the last second. Yeah. In the uh, so it, it's not even a matter of we're losing. Okay, we lost Zeke. He's a good player. A lot of teams lose good players, and their entire team doesn't go up in smoke. And this is now the second time in three years the Garrett Linehan team has just been completely unable to respond to key losses on the offense. Yeah, agreed. Um, and and we've got a difficult game coming up. You know, we we beat. I want just some. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. One more, one more staggering stat here. Um, cause I, <laughs> um, in the last three games, the Dallas Cowboys have been outscored goat. Do you want to just take a random guess here? Let's see. It's gotta be close to a hundred and we've scored less than 20. So I'm going to say 87 to 18. Very close. Um, we have led up 92 points and scored 22. Whew. And in the second half, which is makes this stat worse, we are being outscored, Andy, in the second half of games where people love to talk about coaching adjustments, you know, things things like that. Um, or, you know, you, I think it's largely overrated, but, hey, you see something here, or maybe, hey, we just want to use this one play that we think might exploit them, yada, yada, yada. We are getting beat 72 to 6 in the last three games. We lost 25 to 6 against the Chargers on Thanksgiving. Philly outscored us 30 to 0 the game before. And Atlanta outscored us 17 to 0 the game before that. So I don't know. The second half of football, you know, they always say is is a lot of people were were teams kind of I don't know. I don't want to say come alive, but it's where good teams pull away from bad teams, right? Like the Browns can hang with a New England, right, until the second half. You know, eventually talent overwhelms, just like a sixteen and one seed in March Madness, right? Eventually, the talent on the one seed will pull away in the second half. That's what teams are doing to us, Andy. Everyone is pulling way away from us in the second half, and it's just—it's really alarming for the. I, I think that that stat to me screams a problem with the coaching staff and the effort that's going uh, on. Unfortunately, I think we're in a situation where I don't think we're going to see a new regime anytime soon. Um, the downside of Jason Garrett is that he is the perfect person to play the game of Jerry. Um, if you are one of the greatest football coaches of all time, but you don't get along with Jerry, you have a shelf life of like three years with this organization. Um, if you are the most talentless hack in the history of time, AKA Dave Campo, but you are really great at being a sycophant for Jerry Jones, probably get four years, three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You Jason, have to do it, Jerry. Jason is like, 
the the Andy Dalton of coaches. Like shows just enough to never get cut, but will never win you a championship. And so, and it's kind of crazy. Like I was talking with with uh, our our part time editor and friend of the show, Ryan McCoy, today about how Jason is just like the default eight and eight guy, and then if he and he he has to borrow against that for the following season. So like if he goes eight and eight, it's fine. He can go eight and eight again. But if he manages to go, you know, twelve and four, thirteen and three, well, he's got to make up for that the next year by going, <laughs> you know, three and thirteen, four and twelve. Um, you know, this year we could easily end up six and ten uh, or worse, five and eleven. Um, I don't know what you do with him though. Like, yeah, you're right. It's clearly, he's cowboy fans are delusional right now. If you think they're moving on from Jason Garrett. Because they're not. You're delusional out there if you think they're looking at Dez's cap number and will move on from Dez Bryant because they won't. Or if they're admitting anything is really wrong here. Like Jason, this is the problem I have with Jason Garrett, one of the big ones. You know, everyone talks. He's over there clapping on the sidelines during games when things are going bad. Like just show some emotion. Like admit that they're sucking right now. His quote after the game on Thursday was, well, we did some good – good things in all three phases of the game today. How can anyone who watched that game say that? <laughs> like, how can anyone, let alone the head coach, say that? Why don't you just come out once and say, we play, we play like shit today, you know? you lose your cool just for a bit. I'm having a vision in my head of, like, Jason Garrett in a hospital and one of his children is <laughs> dying of some terrible malignant disease and his wife looks over at him and he's chewing some gum. And she just says, Jason, don't you do it. And he just, he, his hands shake because he's trying to hold it back, but he just can't. And as the heart monitor flatlines and his child drifts into the afterlife, Jason just claps a little bit and then tells the child, <laughs> good effort. And then next time, like this dude has one setting. Like, dude, he's, it's all logic. Like with him, he, yeah. he said something like they asked him about getting frustrated to my point, And he goes, well, frustration is just not a constructive emotion, and which I is such that. a dude, that is such a robotic thing to say yeah. that like what human utters that phrase and look like, honestly, like I love how even keel he is in many instances, because I think yeah. the dangers of the being a Dallas coach is like, man, Jimmy Johnson is like, you can let the highs get too high and the lows get you too low. And especially with a team like Dallas where, like, someone stubs their toe in the locker room and there are 55 headlines about it, I think it's good to have a guy that's just going to, like, the team goes out and kills somebody and he brings them into the locker room and is just like, hey, men, today we did a good job. We finished. We backed one another up. And we represented this organization with a lot of pride. I'm really proud to be with you guys. All right, put them in here, Cowboys on three. So I like that, but it's times like this where you need, you know, you need like, you need the Jameis, right? Like you need just raw emotion. You need the like, hey, if, if, if I'm strong and you're strong, let's fucking go. Let's go do this shit. And I don't know if Jason Garrett is capable of that because I don't think that works on him. Like I don't think Jason was probably ever a player or a human that responded to like, you know, that kind of raw, raw emotional. He was always just like, the biggest, baddest team in the world. He needed someone that's going to be like, well, if you look at it statistically, they only, uh, they really only beat teams by an average of 13.3 points. So if we go out there, we score two touchdowns immediately. We've already gotten ahead of the game. He'd be like, you're right. By gosh, golly, gosh, damn it. 
we can go out there and do it, boys. Let's do it. And then run out there and clap a bunch. So Jason is he's frustrating in many ways. I mean, you know, Troy Aikman, when they when they talk to Troy Aikman about Jason, um, you know, they have an interesting relationship because Jason was Troy's backup. And sure. he said that when he heard that Jason Garrett was announced as Cowboys head coach, he said he was surprised because he always assumed that Jason Garrett would be president and not head football coach. Um, Jason's a Princeton guy. Jason is incredibly cerebral, probably more cerebral than almost any player he's ever coached, except for maybe Tony Romo. Um, and so I wonder if when the players are where they at, especially with like guys like Des Bryant, where it's like they're in an emotional pit, I don't even think Jason can see emotion. Like I think his his brain only operates in numbers and factoids and logical logos type thinking. So, you know, maybe he'll prove us all wrong. Maybe this team starts to pull itself out this week, struggles to a win, maybe wins you know, wins, you know, three of the next four, gets Zeke back, wins the last two games of the year, we finish like nine and seven and People end up being like, well, the season really fell apart, but if we had stayed healthy and had all our guys, we would have done much better. Um, I really can't tell. You know, this is a – this is something where overreaction is the name of the game. So it Well, it's just hard with, with how bad we've been beaten down. Like, if you lose three close ones, you can kind of be like, man. Like, we'd still be bitching. Let's not kid ourselves. We would still be probably on a cliff. But what? Uh, we were bitching when we lost to the Rams and the Packers by a combined touchdown. Yeah, but what do you do when you're just getting pummeled, man? Like you, like you said, you get numb. Like I don't. It's made you question everything about this team and everyone on this team and in this organization. Like, who is? I'm asking you right now. Who is the one constant? Do you have a one constant? Like, who do you think week in week out? Do you have faith in? To be good at their job. I mean, Zeke, but he's not here. Right. Everyone's going to go to Zeke because he's not playing. <laughs> right. But I mean, when he's in the game, he has like legitimately one bad game in his career. I know. And look, dude, Zeke is very, very good. Um, I just want to point out to people they did, we did lose to a three and seven Denver team. While having, I'm not. I'm not Zeke saying Sean. I just want to say, do good teams do good teams lose four games by twenty plus points? The Browns haven't done that. No, no team in the NFL has no, done that. No, we're we're certainly not a secretly really good team. <laughs> but I I also do put some stock into the idea of what was said at the beginning of this season, which is that talent is not the issue. I really do when I watch them play. I can see the mental problem. Like you said, there are plays where this team gives up. And that is not a talent issue. It's not an athleticism issue. It's not an injury issue. There is something about this team, fundamentally, that it is when it's not, when it does not come out and punch someone in the mouth, it doesn't know what to do with itself. It doesn't understand why the punch it through didn't take it down. It, it's very, it reminds me so much of watching a little crossover in the podcast here. Crossover. <laughs> you watch Conor McGregor fight someone with a really strong chin like Nate Diaz. 
And Connor is so used to being able to throw that left hand, touch someone on the chin, and they go down, lights out, that when he connects solidly with a guy like Nate Diaz, who, because Nate Diaz is probably like, has the IQ of room temperature and just cannot get knocked out because he's kind of like a unevolved caveman, it confuses Connor. And Connor loses a little bit of what makes him so good. That swagger, that supreme confidence that he will kill you instantaneously at any second. I mean, every Connor fan you talk to is always like, oh, what if he catches him? What if he catches him? Because any, any second he can do it. And that's how the Cowboys operate. They are an incredibly powerful punch, close punching boxer. And when that, when they land one of these punches, when they go out there and they pound the rock and it doesn't work and you don't fold, they are suddenly very confused and teams have figured that out now. So they know if they frustrate this offense enough, the whole team collapses. Well, and that I think is a very dangerous trend. I think, I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said there, you know, and that's why, even though I keep complaining about it, they take the ball first every time. Is because they're built to play with a lead. And just uh, just the stat I sent you last night, Goat, and listen, all statistics can be misleading. All of them can be revealing. You know, it, they can all be cherry-picked. But this is just one that I stumbled across that plays into what exactly what you were saying. So Dak, in particular, this year, when the Cowboys have had a lead with just 365 snaps, he has a 105.5 QB rating and has only been sacked seven times. When they have been tied or behind, which is 469 snaps this year, he has a 76.3 rating and has been sacked 17 times. Um, this team's not built, as, as I've said many times, to play third and longs, and they're not built to play with deficits. They are built like you said, to be a smash-mouth team. And teams panic when we got a lead on them. I saw an Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay team panic in the regular season last year when we got a lead on them. Um, we've seen very good teams not know how to combat. We made the Chiefs, who have drastically fallen off, but when they're still pretty good, they didn't know how to play with us when we got a lead on them. Yeah. Um, that's the way they're built, and Zeke sure is the engine or the spoon that stirs this entire pot. There's no doubt that we've had key injuries that affect a lot of these stats. Um, so I guess I'm going to ask you, Andy, and there's no easy answer to this, but how do you fix this team? Because it can't just all be Zeke, right? Like, I, no. I just refuse to believe that it is only Zeke that we're seeing these lopsided scores. No, and I think that the the – I think what's the actual the answer I'm going to give you is going to be more upsetting than if I said it was all Zeke. I think that there is nothing you can quote unquote do to fix this team. I think that we're dealing with some severe, like emotional, intangible, bad voodoo shit here. And I think that for this team to get back on track, I'll say this. I think that regardless of who plays or how they would have performed otherwise, if we go out there on Thursday night and on the first drive of the game, we walk down the field, never experience a third down, and score a touchdown, I think we are perfectly capable of being the team that we knew. I think that if we go out there, get the ball first, get Green a out. holding penalty – 
we're third and 15. We complete a six-yard screen pass and then punt. I think we could be exactly right back where we are right now. So I think it's a lot more mental and psychosomatic than actual. I mean, like I said, I truly believe I do not think it's talent. I think that if I do not think that if you put if you gave Bill Belichick this team tomorrow and gave him six months to work his mentality and process on this team, I don't think he would come away saying like, no, man, this team's just not built to win. They just don't have the players. They just don't have the talent. I mean, we have seen it. And I said it last week. I'll say it again. There's still no way you can tell me with a healthy Tyrone, Sean Lee, and Zeke that they can't compete with anyone. With anyone. And the question becomes without, you know, why is it such a draft? You know, we know that it's different without those guys. Sure. I mean, we've played sports. You lose a good player. It sucks. I mean, you don't, I don't, it's mental as you, I agree with you. And there's no, we live in a world today where we want like an easy fix, right? I mean, we, quick solutions to everything. A sensu bean. Exactly. Great reference. Um, Excellent DBZ knowledge on this podcast. Thank you very much. And there's really not, not a quick answer to this team. Right now, they're they're dejected. There's a lot of reasons that play into it. Um, as we said, we're not built to play the lead. We have a quarterback who, at this stage in his career, can't beat people with his arm. Everyone wants to freak out about it. I, I'm a little more nervous about where his floor may be go, but I still don't think Dak Prescott is useless as a player. I still don't think Des Bryant has just fallen off a cliff over one season. I don't think Cole Beasley, who's gone over 35 yards in a game yet, has suddenly forgotten how to run routes. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 a team collapse, and I don't know if they just need a fresh season or a win. Um, but you're right; they're they're in a rut, and there's really the way you're, the outlook looks for this season. I can't imagine them turning it around simply for the fact that they thought they were going to contend for a Super Bowl. And sometimes perfect is, I guess, the enemy of good, and they thought they were good enough to be the best. And when you can't be the best, can you settle for being all right or average? Instead, they just sucked. Yeah. So, uh, you know, time will tell. There's still some season left. I don't know if we're playing for championships or even playoffs at this point, but we're certainly playing for pride and we're playing for, you know, I'm kind of treating it like it's the preseason. You know, like these guys are auditioning to see who gets to be a major part of this team next year. Um, we do play a game on Thursday night. It is against the Washington, the team from Washington. Um, you know, they're coming off of uh, a win against the Giants who have just, I mean, I don't even know where to, what do you say about the Giants, man? If we are in free fall, um, they jumped out of the plane with a bowling ball just so they could beat us to the ground. Um, they've yeah, now been they, Eli Manning, who's one of the longest-serving starters in the National Football League. Um, they've decided that Geno Smith gives them a better chance to win than Eli Manning, who has two Super Bowl rings, which I'm no Eli defender, never been a fan of the guy, but, man, that's quite insane. Um, yeah, they did get, I don't know. Uh, ben McAdoo's so gone. I don't know if this is a veil attempt to try and win his job back um, by saying – you know, look, we'll just try out these quarterbacks and if they all of a sudden play well to say it was an Eli Manning problem, which if you're trying to shift blame to 
like you said, a two time Super Bowl winner. There's just no way anyone's gonna buy that. Um Eli handled it classy. I mean, I've never liked Eli at all, mainly because I'm such a Romo guy and I never will understand why New York fans will say he's better. Like I've never found him to be like a douche or anything. Like No, he's 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 a professional. He's a professional. He just happens to be the quarterback of the Giants, which is pretty much the entirety of the reason I don't like him. So I don't think he's that good. But there's plenty of quarterbacks that are just as exactly the same skill set as Eli Manning, who I don't even really think about. Um, so I, I hats off to the guy for handling that. That's a very difficult situation. Um, you know, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if like he, he and Romo exchanged a text or two in regards to that situation. Um, they are the Redskins are coming off of uh, two weeks ago. They they gave a very hot at the time Saints team a run. Um, and the week before that, they almost uh, squeaked one out against the Vikings. Um, so ever since uh, – so they lost to the Cowboys, um, 33-19. Um, they beat the Seahawks and then put 30 on the Vikings defense, 31 on the Saints, and then uh, while losing both those games, and then beat the Giants. Um, you know, without Zeke, I'm not positive this is going to be an easy game. Um, I don't. I I know Parcells. You know, is that okay? You are. Your record says you are. Um, both of the our records are five and six. To say we're not very good teams, I look at Washington and they've played a hell of a lot better than we have, and they've played very good competition very stiffly. Um, Kirk yep. Cousins is a guy who can throw three hundred fifty yards on you at any given point into a team that just surrendered the yep. best passer day to. Philip Rivers, I think, since early 2015 and over two years. And Philip Rivers is a very accomplished quarterback, in, well, statistically in this league. Um, I could easily see us get shredded by him. So I don't think they're a walkover by any means. No, we are favored um, by one point, um, which is surprising to me given the last three weeks. Um, but I guess we will find out. We do play Thursday night football, 725. It is the Cowboys' third game in 12 days, um, which probably not great for, you know, it could be good or bad, right? You could be, maybe the team needs more time to rest, recuperate, get mentally focused. On the other hand, maybe they just want to get back out there as quickly as possible and play a game. So we'll find out Thursday. Do you have a prediction for this game, Mr. Walker? I don't think they can beat anyone right now. And until I see it, I don't know how you you go out there and say we're going to win. I also don't think the Redskins are supremely more talented. But like I said, they we're not playing very good defense. Um, I don't see how we slow them down under 28 points. And I know our offense can't score 28 right now. I'll say we see signs of improvement, though, offensively. I'm going to go 28-20. Redskins. I am uh, in the opposite feeling I was last week. Last week, I was fairly certain we were going to get killed. Um, for some reason, despite all evidence to the contrary, I've got an okay feeling about this game. Um, I think the turnaround starts here. I think this is a, a close one. I think the Cowboys win this game. 21-20. Okay. Uh, I mean, I could see it. I really could. Um, I just, <laughs> after how embarrassing yeah, I, I thought we'd be the Chargers. No one's going to blame you for uh, 
betting the under on the score, I don't know, man. any score on the Cowboys. So, yeah, rough, uh, rough patch. It's a division game, you know that old cliche: throw the rival, you know, throw the records out the window. <laughs> Even though yeah. they all have it, I, I mean, you know what I mean. It could go either way here, but um, I think Wall keeps winning, and I really hope it's a close game because if it's another blowout, I think this team is, if possible, just completely broken at that point this season. Yeah, agreed. I think this is the, I think this is the the last chance, really. Um, I do want to say any kind something of, small is, yeah, on the delusional side. <laughs> all we have to do is win five straight games. Go. Okay. Okay. I like it. It will be ten and six, which will put us in the hunt. And now, if the Eagles lose five games. We also could win the division. We could win the division. So <laughs> Okay. So keep that, Cowboys fans. Also speaking of delusional, I want it. to give a shout out to all the McFadden truthers out there. Oh yes. Um you know, I, I really didn't think he could do it. I didn't think there was any way that Darren McFadden's, McFadden's legs could get any fresher than he had them after last week. One carry in 10 games or 11 games. That's pretty damn fresh. Yeah, he's ready. But he took it one step further. He looked and said, I've got to push myself. I've got to do Darren McFadden retired today. So he's no longer in the NFL. It is likely he will never play a snap again. That is as fresh as it gets. The Cowboys are now fresh now. We could be saving him for what 2025 if we if one of our running backs then goes down, he'll be fresh, dude. He'll be ten years deep. Well, he's an Arkansas boy. Jerry loves him. Jerry does love him. I mean, where's Felix Jones at? Maybe he's ready to go. Oh, uh, so what? Uh, Ben, do we have anything else? Uh, d- 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 no, just uh, you know. If you like the pod and have been a weekly listener, go ahead and reach out to Anthony Gatelli. Give him your congratulations on his engagement. And uh, um, while you're at it, while you're on your computer reaching out to me, go ahead and uh, leave Mr. Walker a big happy birthday tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Walker's birthday is Wednesday, November 29th. Uh, a very happy early birthday to you, sir. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. I uh, I hope I've I've officially got all the cowboy losses out of my 27th birthday. We'll see how uh, we'll see how my record at 28 goes. All right, get start new, it right hey, away. New year, new year. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, but yes, as always, guys, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, comment, uh, and subscribe on SoundCloud. Um, we love getting feedback from everyone. It's always really fun to hear from the people that have taken the time to listen to us. We super appreciate every single one of you that takes the time to listen to this podcast. Um, we will be back next week to cover the results of uh, either yet another crushing defeat or uh, maybe to delusionally take the position that the Cowboys are now a good team again. We really don't know. So enjoy. If we win ride. this game, we only need four straight wins. Hey, there you go. Hey, always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> so that is all. Uh, as usual, this has been Anthony Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Signing off. Take it easy. Peace. Do, 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 do. Mm.